Jersey Judah, Red Pill Party Podcast, Saturday morning, <coughs> shit, Saturday morning, the 25th, it's 926, I was trying to do something earlier, because I was up since 7, I ended up waiting until this time, 926, pretty much 930, it's hot as fuck outside, It is hot, but I am here, regardless that it's almost 90 fucking degrees, Jersey Judah, the Red Pill Party Podcast, the chapel of the Crimson Capsules is back. Now, I got something different planned for this portion, or for this episode, really, because my plan went pretty well yesterday and last night, so I'm going to do the same thing today. Um, An hour or so, maybe under an hour for this portion, being the morning. But 
when it will be time to jump back on this motherfucker and do the night episode, it will be probably 12 hours from now. I'll probably wait until it's like 9 o'clock. Because this heat is unbearable. But fuck all that. We're going to do something that I've been talking about doing for the past week now, um, which is articles. And boy, do I have articles for you. And I have this being done on the natural reader that I have on my phone. Okay. I have, I don't know why music is popping up. I, I really hate this phone with a fucking passion. I just want to express that. Um, with the natural reader, I was able to gather, I think, three or four articles. One article being pretty long. The other articles are pretty straightforward. I'm not going to be reading them. My natural reader will be doing so. If I can find my natural reader, why isn't my natural reader up? I have no clue. All right, there it is. Natural reader. We have uh, some quick articles that we can get into. Uh, Three causes of relationship burnouts. All right, so I'm going to talk about the burnout that causes the relationship to burnout and the natural burnout that occurs. Okay, so we got three causes of relationship burnout. Um, yeah, we got that, but also four signs of relationship, uh, burnouts. Okay. We'll go through that first. Then we have under my notes here, we have an article from the print.n and that article is called, I went undercover with women, social media extremists. They want traditional roles to return. All right. We're going to go through that article. And we also have two additional articles. Um, <clears throat> one article was pretty much from Quora, Quora.com, you know, where they ask all questions. And it pretty much breaks down to which is closer to the truth, red pill or black pill. Um, I just don't understand these people. Like, I really don't understand these people. I really don't understand these people. Anyway, um, which one is closer to the truth, the red pill or the black pill? Also, numerous other questions and other shit like that we'll get into dealing with that subject on Quora.com. And then on top of that, we have red pill Bible related is being red pill a biblical concept. That's going to be interesting to get into. But for right now, since I already have the natural reader set up on this article and I don't feel like constantly rebooting this every time I go back and forth to the article, let's just jump right into it. <clears throat> Three causes of relationship burnouts. Once it loads. Three causes of relationship burnout. Periods of excessive stress, in many cases, 
Relationship burnout is a direct result of difficult external circumstances like a mental health emergency, a long move, an unhealthy work environment, or sudden unemployment causing a prolonged period of strain on both members of a couple. For signs of relationship burnout because every close dynamic is different, relationship burnout looks different for everyone. However, here are some of the common features. 1. Assigning blame. The most obvious red flag of relationship burnout is increased bickering and arguing, often when one person points the finger at their partner for something negative. Therapists call this the blame game, when couples project their relationship problems onto each other rather than take stock of the dynamic and their own emotional health. 2. Avoidance of the future. When partners avoid thinking about or discussing future plans, whether that's as simple as a short trip or as important as a career plan, it can signal that they're feeling exhausted or unmotivated. To make long-term commitments. 3. Decreased communication and quality time. One of the first warning signs of burnout is a decrease in quality communication and time spent together. The two partners may stop having conversations, neglect or actively avoid each other and reduce physical intimacy. 4. Lack of motivation to improve. All relationships take work, and every couple goes through difficult times, putting their dynamic in perspective and revealing areas for improvement. However, a couple in the throes of relationship burnout may feel pressure and anxiety over putting forth the effort to improve the dynamic through avenues like therapy. This can worsen current problems. 1. Complacency. Especially in long-term relationships, partners may experience burnout due to simple complacency. While one's exciting, the relationship can start to feel mundane and stale. There may be no underlying issues that the couple needs to work out. Rather, the couple may just need a renewal of the excitement and energy they once felt together. 2. Periods of excessive stress. In many cases, relationship burnout is a direct result of difficult external circumstances like a mental health emergency, a long move, an unhealthy work environment, or sudden unemployment causing a prolonged period of strain on both members of a couple. Excessive conversation or worry about those stressors can lead partners to neglect each other emotionally or lessen their motivation to spend quality time together doing fun things. Reaching this point of emotional exhaustion often makes people feel trapped within their relationship. 3. Mismatched energy. If one member of the relationship feels like they're putting forth significantly more effort than the other, feelings of neglect and resentment can grow. If this inequitable energy persists for too long, these built-up negative feelings can lead to a lack of motivation to work on the relationship. All right. Starting off. Hopefully you guys heard it, understood it. The default the default speed was just way too fast. And it's not too fast to understand. It's just when certain words that involve an X or certain words that involve, let's say, an ION, it's going to sound retarded. So I had to slow down the speed a little bit. Three causes of relationship burnout. <clears throat> I want to talk about the burnout. 
All right, so a man will nine times out of ten burn himself out in a relationship before a woman does. Let me explain. The emotional, financial, physical investment, that is what man puts into women. What ends up happening is the stress level, let's just say, um, the things that would, in fact, cause him to stress out. If he's in a relationship with a woman, a woman complaining could possibly be one of those things. A woman not communicating can possibly be one of those things. And why do I say this on behalf of men? Because men, in the beginning, had to approach and initiate conversation for the relationship and interaction to begin in the first place. So the man is initially burned out by the end of it. By by the end of it all, the man is essentially burned out. The man has, he no longer has anything to contribute. He did all he can and he's completely flattened, all right? Um, When it comes to assigning blame, A lot of guys who are insecure, a lot of guys with insecurities will be one of those guys. But most of the times it's women. You know what I'm saying? They say the obvious red flags of relationship burnout is increased bickering and arguing. Who's argumentative in relationships? Mostly women. Who's problematic in most relationships? Mostly women. Who's pragmatic in most relationships? Mostly men. You guys see where I'm getting at, right? Going through this quickly. Avoidance of the future. Um, more unstable women, right, are out here having different sexual partners, sleeping around, having her fun, living her best life. When it comes to the future and what she wants out of her life, she's not going to know where to go. She's only, she's only living for the moment, which most of these women only live for the moment. I believe, men, the best thing that you have going for you is your ability to strategize and possibly plan things out. Make make small steps for big plans. Small steps for big plans. Women, they take big steps. They take big steps short term and end up having so much setbacks long term that become they become, as Black Ram 313 would say, fee fails you know, female failures that society doesn't really point at. A man that underachieves, women women will point at and, and they'll use that. If a bitch sees that a woman isn't about shit and the only thing she has is a pretty face and a nice waist, she's a beautiful bum. Number three, decreased communication and quality time. Obviously, With things like work, careers, plans that us as men have for the future, whether it's primarily for ourselves, which in most cases I'm speaking for that instance, or a situation where you're with a woman, you guys have a family, and you must provide. There will be decreased communication. There will be decreased quality time but 
one has to counteract the other. So if y'all aren't speaking as much because you guys work you know, 24-7, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, that's that's the days designated for y'all. Everything else outside of work, everything else outside of your uh, circle of friends gets excommunicated and it becomes just a couple. Um, if there's a lack of quality time, if you're always working, but you guys are always communicating, set up vacation days, set up days to take off, go places, see different things, be amongst one another. It's an easy problem. But when a relationship's been active for three to five years, I don't know what the fuck to tell you. You know, when a relationship goes to three to five years and a woman begins to lose interest and the man knows it, he's pretty much on a sinking ship. Now, he can just evacuate and just end it while he has his sanity or he can stick around, be the fucking emotional punching bag, the emotional tampon and and essentially be regretful by the end of the uh, experience, by the end of the relationship. Okay, lack of motivation to improve. A lot of people, mostly men and also women, but I think women is more long term. Women, well, men tend to get comfortable in a relationship. Some men forget the fact that they're in a relationship because everything is so smooth and and things of that nature. Understand that when women are in that type of relationship for longer than, I would say, a month, she's already thinking about other options. When everything becomes just laid back, this is like the chicks you get with. And then she doesn't dress the way that she used to dress. For a lot of guys, they'll honestly say she doesn't look the way she used to look. She may have gotten too comfortable. May have put on a couple pounds, right? So that obviously gets in involved and gets in, interferes with the attraction and the intimacy, especially if a man has been with her when she was like 40, 50 pounds lighter years ago. It's a different woman. So naturally speaking, it will be a lack of motivation to not only improve the relationship, but to improve yourself because, hey, in your mind, you're already settled down with the person you want to be with. But you don't have the understanding of mutual attraction and mutual affection. This is where guys fi- uh, this is where guys fuck up tremendously because they put too much time and effort into a woman because they believe that they can just get that back naturally. And a lot of women, you know, they they enjoy being around the guy. They may actually have feelings for the guy, but it's not love the way that guys expect love to be. Love is completely different for men and women. You feel me? And, you know, complacency. You know what I'm saying? (coughs) Periods of excessive stress. Mismatched energy. You're high, she's low. You're low, she's high. You're non-compatible, dog. (laughs) You're non-compatible, dog. All right? So that's the end of that, okay? First article we're going to go through. We're going to go through a second article. Like I said, we're doing all articles for this first part. I think the second part coming around, 
I already have a pink book lessons. Um, I have a pink book lessons video. Shout out to her. It's some uh, 304 from the islands who pretty much says that she's for the streets and no decent man wants her. Which that is pretty much connected to what we were talking about last night. So I figured I'd grab that just for the hell of it. So we'll go into red pill Quora questions, which is closer to the truth, the red pill or the black pill. So let me grab this. Oh, this doesn't let me select all. That's that's cute. So I got to grab. I got to grab a lot of this, this whole article. Maybe it's spaced funny. That's the reason why this shit seems like it's so long. But this morning when I grabbed all this, I didn't remember. I probably selected all when I grabbed it the first time. But that's cool. Copy. Boom. Go back to our natural reader. Paste. And we're going to get into this next article. Once again, this is from Quora.com. Quora. Q-U-O-R-A. And the question being... Which is closer to the truth, the red or the black pill? Which is closer to the truth, the red pill or the black pill? It's black pile, the ultimate truth no one wants to buy otherwise. One, why dating is harder for a man, not for a woman. Why personality money is associated with men, but not women. Two, why a lot of sites on internet that how to attract woman exists. Three, why pure industry is flourishing and why there is no pure for woman. Why only men cold approach. Four, why insults are only men in the West where women's sex ratio is higher than men. Five, why mass shooters are always men? Six, if personality matters, why a lot of good guys gets rejected by women? Seven, just build muscles, then why a tuber alpha destiny is still single? Eight, why Asian women are attractive, but Asian men are seen as unattractive simps on earth, even good looking ones? Recepial? Nine, why hoppus exists? 10 Why Serial Killers Are Adored by Women and Meeks Became Model Black Pile is Proven Theory Rest is Cope What was your biggest red pill realization? One day my wife got shrill with me and started shouting out orders to me. I realized that I always asked her to do things while she always told me to do things. In that moment I wondered who the hell made her the boss of me? As soon as I had that thought, the answer was clear. I did. That's when I ended that situation. I didn't argue or make any big statements about her not being the boss of me. I simply started taking her orders as suggestions. If I didn't want to go along with her orders I just told her no, but in as polite a way as I could. I started just gently pushing back until I felt I was being given the respect that I'd always given her. I'm not sure how I started down the path of letting her boss me. 
I suspect it was because in our early and mid-twenties I had a much higher sex drive than she did. And I didn't want her pissed at me because I thought it'd make the chance for sex that evening less likely. Now I think I was wrong in that assumption. It may have minimally cut down the percentage, but over the years I've learned that she'll have sex with me even when she's angry with me. It's usually better, too. I was in my early 40s when I realized she was not my boss and quit letting her be the boss. Our sex life is better than ever now. There are a lot of factors that I think are contributing to this, but I also think that standing up to her more is a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> a couple things I want to clarify. Because uh, the way the article was written, PUAs, when they say PUAs, it's PUAs. PUAs is pick up artist. P-U-A. But it's not. They didn't put P.U.A. So it's PUAs or pick up artists. And I'm going to go through a couple of points to clarify. Um... They say it's black pill that is the ultimate truth no one wants to buy otherwise. And the reason being is one, why dating is harder for a man, <clears throat> for a man, not for a woman. Why personality, money, personality and money is associated with men, but not women. Two, why lots of sites on the Internet there's a lot of sites on the internet that don't or how do they put this? Why a lot of sites on internet that I'm not even going to explain it. Fuck it. Um, they use the PUA community as pretty much a talking point in the sense of, well, women don't have PUAs. There's no female PUAs. Think about it like that. You hanging out with a group of girls that you're not fucking, you look gay. That's just the truth. It's facts. It's facts. Right? Uh, why the PUA industry is flourishing and why there is no PUAs for women. Exactly. Why, why only men cold approach? I've seen women cold approach. I've been approached by women that I guess if you were to equate it to a man, it would pretty much be cold approach. That does happen every now and then, depending on who you are and where you are at in life. Number four, why incels are only men in the West where women's sex uh, ratio is higher than men because women market sex. Women make money off of sex. Women are validated by sex. Men are validated by sex, but only a percentage of men validated by sex. But on the other hand, a woman who can be a five, a five to ten, can be very sexually active. Can very much so have just a collection of guys who she slept with or who she still sleeps with. While the guys who are fives and belows, they're either incels, black pill dudes, or guys who have less experience are the very least experienced out of all of the men in different sectors. 
They are the least experienced with women. They are the least active with women. They are the least successful with women. Why mass, why mass school shooters are always men? Because of pretty much what I just said. Elliot Roger, all these other people who were outcast. Uh, you can look at Columbine. There's so many other people that you can mention. It's all connected to that social acceptance. And a lot of that is social, uh, socioeconomics, sociosexual, or it, it, it's a combination of pretty much everything. You see what I mean? That's what creates, I would say, the mindset of the school shooter, not necessarily the activity being school shooting, but the school shootings occur from these type of men, these type of young men. Not going to call a person who's in high school a boy. I'm not going to call a man. He's a young man. He's a young man. See what I mean? This is where that mentality comes from. That 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 want to be accepted. That want to be a part of the in crowd. To know what's going on. That's the shit that they want to be a part of. Okay? Number six. If personality matters, why, why are a lot of good guys getting rejected by women? Simple. Because women want those good qualities out of a better looking man. That's just the reality of it. So when guys get rejected or you're just more likely to be placed in a friend zone of some sorts where where she'll, she'll still manipulate you to get what she wants from you but you know you'll never pretty much have her. So you'll just take her for how she is and for what she is at the moment. <clears throat> yeah. Those guys. The good guys get taken advantage of and the good guys get rejected because the personal uh, looks, the traits of looks is not of the woman's choosing. Now, yes, the personality is. That's why she'll hang out with them. But she won't, she won't be, she really won't be attracted to him. This is why a lot of women, a lot of women can have male friends because they'll just take the male presence as attention. The man doesn't look at women in that way, meaning if the man can't truly be with the woman, which is sexually, then the communication line and all that for a man can be very minimal, if not non-existent. For me, it's non-existent. Uh, I'll spend... Woman gets two minutes of, of conversation. That's it. If I don't know her personally, there's no reason. There's no reason to talk and really get into long conversations because women love those type of conversations. Especially if she finds a guy who talks too much. She can just take all of the information that he has and use it against him later. Number seven, just build muscles. Then why... YouTuber Alpha Destiny is still single. I don't know who Alpha Destiny is. Don't really care. Um, you should be a better you. If that involves getting bigger muscles or getting better muscle, 
getting muscle mass, then get muscle mass. And that involves just going, doing cardio, running on a fucking treadmill, skateboarding, riding a bicycle, rollerblading, whatever the fuck you can do. Um, if that's your way of going about it, then that's your way of going about it. There's no real direct thing. I don't, um, I don't know who the fuck a, a alpha destiny is, but that actually destiny sounds very beta. And on top of that, it sounds very zesty as well. I, I might add. Anyway, number eight, why Asian women are attractive, which they are. But Asian men are seen as unattractive. I don't think it's I don't think it's Asian men seen as unattractive. I think generally speaking, if you look at just the population, it's just society is used to seeing what they're used to seeing. If men were to see more Asian women, that wouldn't affect men at all because we initially see Asian women as attractive. Some of them have the shape of like boys though. You know, that's weird. Um, I like the women with a full figure, but some of them women, you know, a lot of guys like that. A lot of the Caucasoid brothers like that. I'm not even ragging on y'all, but y'all like those skinny type of chicks and whatnot. I don't, um, select all delete. We're going to get, we're going to just keep going through these articles here quick straight to the point articles we went through uh, no we didn't go through the print.com two articles to go already this shit here is pretty interesting if i am able to boot this back up again because my phone this phone is a fucking piece of garbage select all Peace. All right. So apparently this person went undercover with women, with women, with women, social media extremists, with with women, social media extremists who want roles of traditional values to return. Let's get to it. This is a long one. I went undercover with women's social media extremists. They want traditional roles to return. In Going Dark, The Secret Social Lives of Extremists, Julia Ebner talks about her experience with Trade Wives, a women's group where feminism is banned. Where do you think you fall on the SMV scale? Kim asks me. Um, I Google SMV. Sexual market value is a measure of desirability for sex in the eyes of a person of the opposite sex, according to the online male supremacist community meant going their own way. Don't know, I confess. How would I? Well, it's hard to judge yourself and often we don't know exactly how we are perceived. It's not uncommon to inflate or devalue one's attractiveness. But as a woman it is often said our SMV goes up if we control our weight. 
She adds, ultimately, your SMV can only really be told to you by men, and even then it's subjective. You might be an 8 to one guy and a 5 to another. I see. So do you know yours? Kim tells me that she went from size 20 to size 14 in one year after joining the Red Pill Women, a female anti-feminist community on the discussion platform Reddit. I am sure it helped, since I am... Now, who knew this shit existed? I never heard of no, um, like, a Red Pill Women community. Now, I've heard you hear more and more women speak on the Red Pill. Like, don't get me wrong. They'll speak about the Red Pill. But I never knew that there were actual communities and groups, whether online or based on Facebook groups that actually exist and believe this shit and who are indeed anti-feminist. Very interesting. I am sure it helped since I am treated differently, but I am not stopping traffic or anything. My face is average or even below average, which probably keeps my SMV low even though I'm skinny now. I stare at her brutal self-evaluation. This is a typical discussion in the forum. Kim is one of roughly 30,000 self-described red pill women or trade wives. Like them to men's right. It's a trad. It's trad. Traditional. It could be looked at as trade, but that kind of sounds idiotic. It's, it's trad. I have to clarify what the reader is actually saying. So it's not... Um, trade wives, it's trad wives, as in traditional wives. Like them to men's rights activists, these women perceive gender roles as the result of sexual economics. The heterosexual community, they believe, should be seen as a marketplace, where women are sellers and men buyers of sex. A woman's single most important resource is therefore, according to them, her SMV. This radically simplistic view of gender relations is used to legitimize the objectivization of women, to make it acceptable, even necessary, to rate, trade and replace women, like market goods. This is now my third week talking to the trade wives and I have started to get used to their endorsement of openly misogynist statements. Women's highest value to men is her sexual value, and she's most valuable when she's in her sexually pristine state, I am repeatedly told. To see where you stand in terms of sexual value, Kim recommends trying some apps that allow you to get rated anonymously. From the old school hot or not to a more sophisticated attractiveness rating service on Photofeeler. Okay, but what about other factors like being funny? Educated or having exotic passions? I ask, half knowing the answer. Oh come on. Health, age and femininity are the single most important qualities that appeal to men, Kim says. Education, career or workplace does not influence a woman's SMV. Think about it, they don't enhance the sexual satisfaction of her male partner. This is in line with Mto's assessments. The SMV of a woman is given by birth and her achievements in life do little to increase it, they claim. Oh and your SMV also goes down if your end count goes up, 
a woman named Marie adds. The what count? I ask her, starting to feel a little stupid. The it count. You know, her cock count, Marie explains. While being sexually experienced may increase the physical pleasure of her male partner, being sexually inexperienced actually increases satisfaction. Marie is in her early 30s and married. Apart from being a good wife, she sees her mission as giving tips on dating, relationships and marriage to fellow red pill women on Reddit. She appears to be one of the most frequently consulted coaches in the community. Many women drill her with questions ranging from how do female duties change upon pregnancy and childbirth, to is chastity before marriage necessary? Marie is convinced that feminism has brainwashed men and women into believing that the end count doesn't matter. But human nature will always prevail sooner or later, she tells me. And human male nature is to have less and less desire for a woman as her end count rises. Eventually, this lack of desire will turn to outright disgust. She gives the example of a smoking hot, 10-10 bombshell beauty who has had sex with a thousand men. How many men will want to marry her? Very few. Why? Before anyone can respond, she continues, because women are the gatekeepers of sex. Sex is the main thing that men need from women. Told ya. Therefore, it's the prime value that a woman has. Each time she gives this value to a man, her value is diminished. The trade wives movement is a small but growing internet phenomenon that developed as the female equivalent of the red pill. Our Reddit community that the New Hampshire Republican State House member Robert Fisher anonymously founded under the nickname Park Atheist in 2012. TRP promised discussion of sexual strategy in a culture increasingly lacking a positive identity for men and counted roughly 300,000 subscribers before being banned by Reddit in 2017 for its toxic, dehumanizing and threatening content. But TRP is only one part of a much bigger misogynist online community, the so-called monosphere which played a key role in the creation of the alt-right and is made up of a range of subcultures. From the secret seduction community of the pickup artists, who seek to learn how to manipulate women's minds to get them into bed, and the anti-marriage community Mto, which teaches men to stop caring about women, to the male supremacist men's rights activists and the vengeful involuntary celibacy movement of men whose main goal is to punish the women they make responsible for their sexual frustration. While these groups pursue different strategies to reconquer male power, pride and privilege, they all share an outright hostility towards feminism, liberalism and modern gender roles. They ridicule movements like Pound Sign Metu and denounce women's rights activists as feminazis. After reading Angry White Men by Michael Kimmel I was convinced this was an almost exclusively male phenomenon. But the more time I spend immersing myself with the red pill women, the more I understand that anti-feminist movements aren't just made up of men. Female men's rights activists who want to return to traditional power roles and exaggerated notions of masculinity and femininity have adopted the rhetoric of the monosphere, 
feminism is attacking the white male. The Russian-American alt-right activist Lana Loktev claimed on the white supremacist Radio 314. The Red Pill Women community is open to all women wanting to improve themselves and their relationships, but it does have a few official rules, most notably. Rule 5. No Feminism. This is an anti-feminist community, and as such, we are not interested in being saved by feminism. <laughs> Anybody stopping in to weigh in with the feminist perspective will be shown the door, as it is off-topic. <laughs> Instead, conversations should be based on traditional evolutionary psychology or an anti-feminist premise. I've been learning and growing, becoming more virtuous through God's grace and learning to follow my husband and submit instead of making demands and arguing it's beautiful, really. The biggest thing I've done is to just say yes. Yes to what he asks for or wants. One woman writes after having been indoctrinated by the trade wives for several weeks. Indoctrinated. Oh, boy. Well, that was a lot. Like I said, this would be this was going to be interesting because, I mean, yeah, you would have to assume logically that if there is something that is pro-feminist for women, they would not only be an anti-feminist way of thinking for men, but also an anti-feminist way of thinking for more quote-unquote trad women. Okay? Traditional women who would essentially... Um, not subscribe to anything that most of these bitches say to begin with. That's number one. Number two, um, they have similarities to a more red pill community that is a majority of men, which is the reason why you will see and hear more women speak on these subjects in a similar fashion. Okay. Three, their movement is exclusively dedicated to being anti-feminist. Our community, which is considered very toxic amongst, amongst the men of our society, even though it's pretty much the outcry of our sector and what we speak on, because women are, in fact, more dominant when it comes to spreading a message. I believe it is the women today who are involved in this red pill community who are going through, in fact, the most criticism, believe it or not. Because they're not only getting criticism from the women who oppose them, but they'll get criticism from the men as well. And they will assume that these women are chameleons. Some of them are, some of them are not. Let's get into this last article because we are shy of an hour right now. We are 51 minutes, close to 52 minutes in. This is going on schedule. This might be a permanent idea for the near future. Um, this article is is being red-pilled 
a biblical concept. Okay? Is being red pill a biblical concept? Loud ass birds. Is being red piled a biblical concept? Early in the 1999 film The Matrix, the lead character is offered a choice between two pills. Taking the blue pill will leave him in blissful ignorance. If he takes the red pill, he will learn the hidden, disturbing truth, but he can never go back. He chooses the red pill and quickly learns his entire reality is a simulation and prison. To be red-piled has become slang for seeing through things like propaganda, conspiracy theories, and so forth. It's usually a reference to awareness that defies existing control and authority. Most accurately, it refers to deliberate investigation of a topic, leading to a series of increasing revelations about the truth. The term red-piled is relatively new, but the concept itself is not. In the 1990s, the television series The X-Files used the tagline The Truth Is Out There, implying that reality is not as people assume. The 1939 film The Wizard of Oz includes the famous line Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. This likewise raised the idea of authority figures insisting on controlling lives that need to be seen through. An older expression is that of pulling the wool over someone's eyes, which also implies confusion and deception. People encouraging others to see reality their way have often used expressions such as wake up, snap out of it, or open your eyes. Not all uses of take the red pill or being red-piled are legitimate instances of revealing truth. The basic claim is a frequent defense of conspiracy theories suggesting that those who accept the common explanation are living in willful or captive ignorance, those who see the truth have been freed. Therefore, those who disagree are simply blue-piled or wrong. Sorting these ideas out is complicated by the fact that official explanations are, at times, entirely wrong. Merely claiming to have seen that man behind the curtain is neither self-confirming nor self-refuting. Most uses of red pill terminology are in heavily politicized issues. Scripture does not deal directly with such ideas. However, the Bible does touch on the idea of people being blinded to important realities. Jesus famously scolded the Pharisees for willingly ignoring what they already knew. He pointed out that a person's willingness to submit to truth was a key factor in their understanding his message. The Bible also points out how coming to faith in Christ opens a person's perception in ways that non-believers cannot experience. Those who reject Christ are said to have been blinded minds by evil forces. Scripture even depicts those unaware of deeper truth as sleepers who need to awake. One could argue that being red-piled has some biblical basis. It's valid in the sense that a person can be fooled by propaganda or blissful ignorance, overcome only by making a deliberate choice to investigate. 
that which is true is sometimes hated or ridiculed by the world at large. On the other hand, the Bible also warns strongly about chasing foolish arguments or succumbing to myths that suit our preferences. Dismissing consensus primarily as a red pill blue pill issue is a symptom of the very attitude that being red piled is supposed to cure. I think, well, <laughs> I think if you take the red pill to that extreme, if you just look at it simply as a concept, you know what I mean? There's a lot of things that is referenced to the red pill that can change you, but if you if you pay too much attention to anything and subject anything to a red pill, blue pill, beta, alpha mentality, then it's it's kind of like eh. this makes a lot of this makes a lot of points, but going against pretty much what you would consider uh, the societal norm and, you know, choosing just the harsh realities over the beautiful lives that a lot of people do live. <laughs> a lot of people live their beautiful lives through social media. That is the prime source of the bullshit <laughs> and other things. So like, I mean, there's other people who think similar. They just don't use the term red pill. They've probably never heard of the term red pill. They've used other terminologies. They've said other references um, are, you know, going down that rabbit hole into knowing the twisted realities that surround us. And almost being taught how a lot of us were taught these easy, more convenient lies. And now, from what I've been hearing, on top of the gas prices being where they're at, they're talking about some possibility of another another pandemic of some sorts coming soon. You've heard it here first. So if, if something does come down, if something does go down in this fashion, just know where you heard it from first. Niggas is going back to wearing masks and doing all this other crazy shit once again. Right? But yeah, um, being red-pilled was never necessarily a biblical concept for a simple fact that the red pill wasn't such. Could there be more? In my opinion, the red pill primarily on the source of self-development being more on a spiritual level than a more political level that a lot of people on the right will use red pill. They'll use that terminology. Candace Owens used that terminology, but I don't think they generally understand the concept behind that. I think they just took it from the matrix in the same way and used it for their political agenda. I don't think that they're necessarily on the same platform and on the same plateau and on the same talking points that we are as on this manosphere red pill instead of the political ideology red pill. And like I I brought this up politically before where like that that would be um that would be a comparison to something like the left and how they've taken the woke thing. So now everybody stay woke. That's a left. That's a left based 
word. So based our red pill is more right based, right? And like to be based is just to be solid on who you are as a person to be based and then to be red pilled is just to be up on really what's going on and the things that are around us. It's not about being smarter than the next person. It's not even really about being better than the next person. You're just more aware of the shit around you. Look at that in the terms of women understanding their nature, the indifferences moving forward or possibly going your own way finding your own navigation and your own destiny in life without, you know, so much outside, um, so much of the outside perspective. But anyway, this is part one, man. It's 1020. I'm sweating balls right now. It's an hour, one minute. And uh, yeah, we came in with a couple of articles that I wanted to use because more importantly, I wanted to see how the natural reader would work. It's not that bad. I hate how it says red piled when it's spelled red pilled. It just says red piled. That's my only problem. But uh, like I said, I'm not going to be back on here. Let's see. Two hours will be 12. I won't be back on here for like another eight or nine hours straight up. It's just too hot. Can't really continue this in this heat. So, in the meantime and in between time and until next time, Jersey Judah, the Red Pill Party Podcast, the Chapel of the Crimson Capsules, signing out. Peace.